Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Bunker. Pull down the blinds and encrypt your comms. Our fearless leader is on lockdown and back in his bunker after a long hiatus. He's providing his thoughts on the UFC, the state of MMA business, incriminating rumors, and the latest spicy headlines. Complete with the MMA tete-a-tete, featuring interviews with guests from the MMA community. Pay Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Kid Nate Wilcox. Hola, cage fighting connoisseurs. This is Kid Nate of bloodyelbow.com, joined today by MMMA, MMMA, MMAI himself, Jason Lieb. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So your work, you've you've pretty much carved out a space as one of the, I, what I would say is the best uh, MMA business analyst working on YouTube today. So tell people where they can see your work, how you started MMAI, what does it stand for, the general sales pitch, the elevator sure, pitch for sure. MMAI. Um, so... You can find us on YouTube, uh, just at MMAI, I think is the youtube.com slash at MMAI. Um, I originally started MMAI because I'm a data scientist uh, in my professional career, and I love the incorporation of data analytics into sports. And when I first started watching MMA, I was looking for someone to do analytics scouting content, and I just didn't find many people that were trying to bridge that gap. I found some since, but... Not on YouTube, which is where I do like all of my watching. I love video essays. I hope that comes through in my videos, how much I love the the form of, of actually writing that way. Um, and so most of the content that I did was focused on that. I was focused on um, trying to break down fighters using data, explain different concepts. And as I learned more about different striking arts and all that, I wanted to explain to people here's what I'm learning. I, I got this wrong. I got this right. And then just steadily learn with my audience. Um, and then it was, uh, I want to say November. Um, I had been watching the, the gambling saga with James Krause happening in the background. And I thought it was odd. I, I don't have a legal background or anything like that, but Watching it, I just asked myself, like, why is the UFC not punishing him? And then I just assumed, oh, they're doing it in the background. I'm just missing it. And uh, a, a commenter on one of my videos asked me basically, like, what what do you think his punishment is? And, and when I started to tell that, think sorry that, to interrupt, but yeah. tell, give people a quick 30-second summary of the James Krause situation. Who is James Krause? Sure. What was he doing sure. and what was what was the problem with it? Yeah, so James Krause uh, is now a now former coach uh, that owned his own gym, Glory MMA, in I think it was Kansas City, Missouri. Um, what he uh, was doing was he he was a former welterweight fighter, and then he would uh, train fighters on the side. And eventually, he was having some really good success. So then he went full time as a coach. And I believe it was in his his retirement interview that he was doing with Ariel, where he. In the beginning, it's talking about being a fighter. He wanted to retire. And then he started talking about coaching. And Ariel asked him one question that I'm, I'm not remembering off the top of my head right now, but it's what kicked off everything, which was essentially he said he was trying to get to a fighter pay kind of question. 
from Kraus, Ariel was. And then Kraus just started talking about how he was making much more money gambling on fights. And then Ariel basically asks him a follow-up question saying, like, do you bet on your own fighters? He's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And immediately, as I'm a big NBA fan, I go immediately to that ref that was was literally fixing basketball games and got in trouble for it. And that was what my head went to was, oh, he just he just volunteered it. He didn't even, you know, this wasn't the FBI interviewing him under oath. He just did it as a marketing pitch. And I, I was watching that live. Um, I don't remember why I was, but I just happened to be. And in that moment, I said, oh, OK, well, he's done. You know, he'll never coach again. You can't do that. You can't bet on your own fighters. And then nothing happens. And, and <laughs> I'm like to UFC media. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, most of my focus was on the scouting side. Right. I was mostly looking at fighters. I didn't really care about the business aspects because it just didn't really relate a lot to what I was researching. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, you know, someone will talk about that. That's probably bad. And and then it just keeps kind of going and going and going. And I realized the biggest problem uh, when TJ Dillashaw fought with basically no shoulder uh, cartilage. And it was then that it kind of dawned on me the binary that I established in the video uh, that I did on on it. I, I did a. Uh, I actually was just I'm working on a video for Friday talking about the gambling video. So I know it's 93 minutes and 23 seconds long. Um, and I, over those 93 minutes, I explain why this is more than just a gambling problem with Kraus, right? It, uh, what he did is wrong, but it also the lack of response and sort of my research into why they didn't do anything opened my eyes to a lot of systemic issues in MMA um, and, you know, quick plug, like couldn't do any of this work without the incredible journalism being done by Bloody Elbow and, and Jonas Nash, among others. Um, and it was just sort of steadily reading articles from John, reading articles from Bloody Elbow. I referenced multiple of them in the video and just kind of I, I as a data scientist, most of my job is applying data to business problems and trying to identify them before they occur. Because that's the benefit of data is that there are a lot of things that are just undercurrents that can become a problem in the future, but aren't a problem right now. And I make my money by saying, hey, you should change this right now before it becomes a huge problem, right? So my brain is kind of trained to look for these systems and notice when, you know, the wheels are falling off a little bit, but they haven't, you know, derailed the train yet. And it was just every time I, I said to myself, huh, that's weird. I go down another rabbit hole and I realize all of these massive systemic issues that really just come back to the purchase of the UFC by Endeavor and the the difference in business model between how Endeavor views the UFC as an asset and the way that the UFC as a business has been built over the last 30 years. Um, so that, that, you know, an elevator pitch is, is a little tough, but that's essentially <laughs> what the video is kind of investigating is what what is happening here? Why is it happening and why aren't they doing more to fix it? And can they fix it is really the question I wanted to answer. And and those are big questions. And it's been very interesting to watch your learning experience because I had a very similar learning experience. You know, I started Bloody Elbow mostly because I was connected to the people who were doing the SB Nation blog network mm -hmm. and i had been a ufc fan since ufc 6 uh and massively obsessive about it for most of the late 90s and then 
you know, you start writing about these people and then you realize they're reading you mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different experience, you know, when you look into the, and then you realize it's an abyss that you're looking into. And yeah, then you realize yeah. the abyss is looking back at you. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, yeah. you know, it was one thing when Shane Carwin or Brock Lesnar was mad at me. And then when discovery in the courtroom made it clear how much I was annoying the people at Zufa headquarters, <laughs> um, you know, that was very educational. And and so it's it's been, and then the process of becoming an independent owner of a media property, I've learned even more about the world. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, um, and the, the second point I'd want to make is that as jacked up as the UFC's business practices are, and as Endeavor's business practices are, and, and they're jacked up in two different ways, or, or Zufa was jacked up in one set of ways, and mm-hmm. Endeavor's jacked up in a different set of ways. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, the problem isn't with these entities. It's not like Ari Emanuel is an especially bad actor in yes. the context of American business or global business in 2023, just like the Fertitta brothers were not especially bad actors in the context of the 2010s or the 2000s. It's just that we are in one of the most corrupt business eras in history. This is making the Gilded Age of the 18, late 1800s look like amateur hour. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think a lot of people think we have some sort of personal animus against Ari Emanuel or Dana White or whatever. And no, it's just like we're just naively coming at this with this naive liberal arts education about how things ought to work or business school education or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and then seeing how they're actually working in practice and going, well, wait a minute, you yeah, know, yeah. this stuff James Krause is doing nearly brought down Major League Baseball in the 1920s. This is yep. the reason Shoeless Joe Jackson's not in the Hall of Fame. And yet we're here in a world where right now most of the money coming into internet businesses is from sports betting, or at least sports yeah, media yes. is from from internet gambling business. And, and you know, Bloody Elbow is not certainly not innocent on that front. But they're talking about legalizing betting on WWE. (laughs) That's where, for me, a lot of my questions come, which is what is the line of what is an acceptable thing to gamble on? Because uh, I think that many people would say, well, if someone's willing to put money on it, then they should be allowed to. And while, sure, I can be a laissez-faire capitalist, you know, in, in theory as well, but imagine... The, 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 the ramifications of those kinds of actions, right? I, I just, I have a lot of questions about um, the rollout of uh, the legalization of gambling. That was something that I really didn't cover much in the video, but based on, you know, what we're talking about right now, it, that, that's something that's really concerning to me. Um, I, I, I watch a lot of videos, not just for MMA, but broadly in sports to kind of understand, um, it feels like it was, I don't think that gambling is a mistake. I don't think it should be illegal, but I do think it should be much more heavily regulated in the way that it was rolled out. I don't think it should have been. It, it became like a gold rush, and, and that's why you're seeing you these kinds of book betting. To clarify, this is distinct. From, yes, yes. This yeah. is distinct from casino gambling, which yeah. had been gradually, increasingly legalized in the U.S. Uh, you know, since the 1950s. You know, at one time, Nevada was one of the few states that allowed legalized gambling, and yeah. And as is now more states than don't. And so sportsbook gambling is currently legal, I want to say, in 30 states with 20 outstanding. I might have that backwards. Um, 
and it, but it was legalized very quickly in those states. I mean, it went yes. from no states to, I want to say, three states in the first year that it was. And then, boom, it's 20. And, and yeah. And, and, and when they're talking about allowing betting on WWE, I mean, they might as well allow betting on Marvel Universe movies. Like, is Iron Man going to live? Like, is Thanos going to come back? And, you know, will there be a Thanos ca- cameo and stuff? And, you know, and yeah. somebody at, at Marvel is going to be back there like watching the betting lines and and putting out live edits of the movie in real time you know like (laughs) to access the bonus content of this show you must be a paid subscriber to do that go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, The Sixth Round Retro, The Show Money Podcast, The MMA Depressed Us, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, and The Return of the MMA Bunker.